because she wants to be treated as an equal. She can put up her dukes as an equal. Come on, woman. Fight! Dude, she cheats. Cheats like a damn man. Like a man, she cheats. Oh boy. Oh. Why is some brutal? brutal with patriarchies here? Catch hands. Yeah. Slapped her on the butt and told her to go to bed. Mm, what a manly thing to do. Well, she has my sandwiches ready in the morning. We'll be just fine and dead. She'll, she'll take my quesadillas and give them to the cat. So oh, no. Not the quesadillas. Oh, my goodness. All right. We can, we can talk about real things now, like how apparently I'm watching as much of the World Series as the rest of the country. <laughs> As I, as I told you, I, I apparently can't watch Fox. So. Oh, no. That's so much of the World Series I've been watching. I'm watching Match in the Night. Mm. We've got Bowling Green playing someone. I've had this game on for 15 minutes. I cannot tell you who Bowling Green's actually playing. That's amazing. That's Max, yeah, baby. That's the level that I'm at here. Oh, man. Welcome, everyone, Welcome to episode 480 <laughs> of the Afford not... Affair podcast. It's a Wednesday in November, so clearly the World Series is going on, and maybe a team will win tonight. We'll see. I have the game day up, so it's not like I can watch it happen, but it'll... Well, I'll see I can't see, but, you know, somebody can. I guess you can. I can't see. I mean, no, I, I don't even... I don't see, like, the real video. I'm just seeing, like... The pitch FX tracker thingy. So I was I done when Bryce Harper went home. That's fair. That's really fair. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, so was America. Yes, that's right. We just America wanted Bryce Harper. Even those people who really don't care much for Philadelphia, we just oh, we just man. need a superstar. Ed. You need a superstar. Three. And I'm sorry, corpse of Evan Longoria and a Corbin Carbon nerd. Burnson or Corbin, yes, Corbin, Corbin Carroll. Excuse me. Corbin Roger Dorn. <laughs> I'd watch Roger Dorn in a heartbeat. Oh man. That's it's it's a shame he's not here. Um and unfortunately, three of the worst four viewed net games in World Series history have happened in this World Series. So that's great. Snake's alive, and Snake's alive. <laughs> oh, man. And to everybody going, well, why do ratings matter? Um, Here's the thing. You know how ESPN only shows like one game a week now and is probably going to get rid of that game too in the next uh, like broadcast negotiation thing? Yeah. When people stop watching your thing, people stop showing your thing and advertising your thing. And it's it's not good. Like... I'm glad it does. I know it's like, oh, well, your team lost. You're just mad. It's like, no, this is bad for the long term future of the sport. This is this is very bad. I don't think you understand. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, no offense. I mean, Arizona obviously they earned their way there. I'm yeah, not hating absolutely. Arizona at all. No, they're just. I'm sorry. They're just. They're not an overly. They're not an exciting baseball team. 
Yeah, and and the problem is they're they're a West Coast team, and they're a West Coast team who wasn't the Dodgers. So yeah, no, or or, the, or even I mean the Giants didn't get great numbers when they were there. True. So like I mean if if this had been a team built up or like I mean hell even I know it was a different time period, but if you go back to two thousand one. Arizona at least had Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. And like they oh, had other great players besides that. Too. Like, I think that year Luis Gonzalez hit like 20 home runs in April. Like it was some weird, crazy Brady Anderson type thing. Well, and, like, and on top of it, it was like it was a good time for him to be there because America was going to watch anyway because that was the 9 11 year and the yeah. Yankees were there. Yep. And there's the other thing you played the Yankees and. I know we're just kind of hitting on Arizona here, like, oh, you aren't saying shit about Texas. And yeah. I mean, the thing, Texas is like the more exciting brand in this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, casuals ain't tuning in to watch Texas either. Yeah. Obviously, it takes two to tango with the lowest rated World Series on it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And, um, you know, I mean, at least Texas has a few names, but even then, their names are like, oh, Corey Seeger. I mean, my mm-hmm. dad doesn't know who Corey Seeger is. Of course, my dad forgets who I am at the time, but still. <laughs> yeah. And then, like before anybody says, oh, the the other least viewed game was Dodgers Rays. I'm like, yeah, that was COVID year. They 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 had an excuse. That's because that one doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't count. Sorry, LA fans. Doesn't, count, doesn't count Dodger fans. Oh, your only national your only world title since 1988 doesn't fucking count. Yeah. Now that we've made everybody super mad, let's get started with this podcast. Um, welcome in, everyone. I'm Edward Green, joined by Colin Krem, Wes Bradshaw. And uh, yeah, we have some Premier League to talk about. We have League Cup to talk about, the Cup, Cup, Cupity Cup. Uh, we are into uh, the round of eight. That will be coming up here when they next play. Uh, round of 16 is now done. and We have our round of eight matches coming up here. Uh, we also have Champions League coming up next week. We have a little bit of news and notes, some uh, some super depressing news and notes. If you just want to get uh, even even sadder about things, which we definitely can, um, we'll wow. be talking about that. That'll be fun. But the Premier League will make us happy, at least. The Premier League will for <laughs> once right make on. us happy. Um, so let's kick things off with the week that was. Match week ten is done and dusted. Start off on Friday night, where uh, Tottenham Hotspur continued their winning ways with a 2-1 victory away to Crystal Palace. Uh, it was taught one of Tottenham's favorite sons, Owen Goal, with the uh, with the first one in the 53rd minute. And then Youngman's son, as he has done already so many times this year, provided Tottenham with the insurance goal in the 66th minute. Excuse me. Uh, Andre <laughs> Ayew may, may have kind of brought the ball down with his arm we're not gonna say anything because we still won uh but but did score the lone goal in the 94th minute and made the final few minutes a little a little bit nervy for spurs fans but maybe just maybe maybe this is a different kind of spurs team as they do see it out two one uh chelsea falls to brentford 2-0 uh Pinnock with the goal just before the hour mark and then Mbuemo with the goal in extra time to seal things off Brentford get a big win at the bridge and continue their trend up the table just a good solid team and uh damn if it's not good to see Brentford pick off Chelsea like this just when we thought Chelsea was getting good again <laughs> not quite but don't don't worry Chelsea fans we're not gonna go too hard on you this week because someone else was much 
much, <laughs> much worse. So don't worry. It's that's all we'll really talk about you, Chelsea. Uh, Bournemouth, big win for them over Burnley 2-1 after Taylor's opening goal in the first 10 minutes. Semenyo and Billing with goals in the first and second halves, respectively, got Bournemouth a big three points that they need to keep their Premier League hopes alive. This one shoots them out of the relegation zone for now and gets them uh, up to six points. That was a big, big win for them against a fellow relegation candidate. Uh, Arsenal comprehensive victory over Sheffield United. Speaking of relegation candidates, 5-0 is the victory there. And Nikita with the hat-trick inside of an hour. Uh, big day for Arsenal as uh, they you know, just took Sheffield to the woodshed. And uh, I really do think it won't be too much longer for Mr. Heckenbottom when we hit the uh, the next international break here in a week or two. Uh, Wolves almost, almost were able to secure three points against Newcastle, but could not complete the comeback. Uh, Callum Wilson with the brace in this one for Newcastle, but Wolves were able to get through Quang with the equalizer in the 71st minute. Uh, Wolves, again, I, I don't think that they're actually that great of a team but they continue to play good enough football that I think I, I think they're going to stay up. I, I know it's early times, but I, I think yeah. there's now I was I was really worried about Wolves and they're especially when the first match against United happened. I was like, oh, this could be a really bad, a bad harbinger for this, their season. Uh, but they're they're playing pretty darn well. So good for them. Um, Everton. Oh, Everton. They, they, oh, they, Everton. They may have started to figure it out. Uh, West Ham, a team that has not quite figured it out uh, after we thought they were doing well. Uh, do fall to Everton 1-0. Dominic Helvert-Lewin with the goal in the 51st minute to give Everton themselves a big three points. And depending on how things shake out with their uh, their investigation, they may need every point they can get going forward. Um, Aston Villa beats Lutton 3-1 as Lutton continues there. Uh, struggling season here in the Premier League. Uh, McGinn and Diaby on the board to give them the win. Lockyer's own Ooh. goal, solidifying things Ooh. at 3-1. Um, Brighton and Fulham draw 1-1. Polinia's goal in the 65th minute equalizes for Fulham after Ferguson's opener in the 26th. Liverpool, big winners over Forrest, 3-0, Jota, Nunez, and, uh, sorry, Nunez and Salah each getting on the board. Uh, the trio of forwards for Liverpool doing work. Uh, as they continue to stay within striking distance of the Premier League title. Uh, and then in our final match of the week, uh, if you want to call it a match, I don't I don't know that I necessarily would. Uh, the Manchester Derby played out, and one team showed up. And that was Manchester City. They won 3-0, and man, there's not many times we say 3-0 flatters to deceive, but oh boy, did it in this one. Uh, Alon with a brace in this one, including a 26-minute penalty, and Foden capped things off in the 80th. Um, but Manchester United just look abysmal. Eric Ten Hag tried some weird formations and tactics and nothing worked. He he got out-pepped. He out-pepped himself, I guess, in this one. Um, just really, really messed uh, on the lineup and on the formation. Um, and yeah, not a whole lot else to say about United. Just a terrible, terrible job by then. Great, great win for City, obviously. They they keep uh, keep right on Tottenham's heels at the top of the table, but you know as as we'll get to with the League Cup as well, not not a banner week for United, um, in in a season that has so far been full of not banner weeks. 
Um, but that was the week that was Wes. Uh, what what caught your attention this week? Um, <clears throat> you know, we we uh, we mentioned Everton and them getting that big win against West Ham. I mean, that is really good. And uh, you know, I was going to make a pile on comment, but I will. Well, this isn't me exactly being nice, but it is something to point out. Um, you may have. A, is do you have something about Everton in the news and notes? Uh, I do not actually. Uh, well, Everton could be facing a twelve-point deduction. So we did talk about that to, last week. Did more come yes. out? That's right. That's right. We did talk about. It. I'm sorry. Um, so that's apparently, cool. um, oh, get out of my face. Um, it, it does look like uh, they are awaiting um, the independent. I'm trying to pull it up as hard as I can here. Uh, uh, Club and Premier League await independent commission findings. This was updated as of yesterday. Uh, still waiting to discover whether they will be punished or not. Um, but, I mean, that that could just be devastating when it oh, yeah. happens for Everton. But, you know, I mean, if Everton can get on a little run here, at least they might give themselves half a chance um, if this does happen to come down. Uh, at least they could give themselves half a chance, but uh, yeah, um, I think it's a it is a good win for Everton because with with that kind of in their face, mm-hmm. you could almost worry like if Everton's just gonna just wilt and die and just oh, pretty yeah. much go ahead and guarantee that they go down. Um, so I think it was really good to see that team come out and fight and get a victory. Um, so yeah, good, honestly, good for the toffees. Uh, it, it was good to see them go out and, and at least look ready for a fight. And I guess we're all just kind of in the, uh, uh we're all kind of in, in this limbo, just waiting to see what's going to happen. I mean, it could be a points, it could be points taken. It could be a transfer embargo. Uh, they could have spending limited, um, in the next year or so. But I don't know. It's one of those things, man. You know, yes, I giggle at Everton probably as much as anyone. <laughs> man, if Everton go down, I just want them to go down on merit. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see Everton, like, playing really good football and then just miss out by a point because of a 12-point deduction where they would have easily been safe. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if Everton want to go down, just lose, lose, lose. <laughs> uh, by the way, apparently the Rangers are up one nil in the top of the seventh against they the are. Diamondbacks. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, Chelsea just <laughs> man. Um. I mean, that's their God. They're bad to just being pathetic. It's like week to week they can't decide are they are they dog crap. Are they decent? Are they young and upcoming? <laughs> yeah, this week they're back to dog shit. Um, so what do they do in response? They have been linked with a possible like 70 million pound move with Ivan Tony. <laughs> they you can't beat them. If you can't beat them, buy them, right? Yeah. Oh man, that would oh god. I, I just I thoroughly enjoy Everton just going out and sp- Spending, spending, spending all that money. <laughs> it's pretty wonderful. I'm so we just keep, just keep doing it, Everton. Just, just, just do it. 
Um, in the in the derby, I watched the first half of the derby uh, mostly because I was on the couch and the TV was still on, and I couldn't find the remote for a few minutes. And then I was like, well, let's just watch for a few minutes, even though I, when my wife came and said, so who are we pulling for? I said, well, obviously the draw or the bomb, one or the other. Yeah. Uh, so, um, But man, just like you said, I mean, you could see it just. I wasn't I wasn't completely like casually watching, but I was like not really invested in anyone there. Mm-hmm. But man, you could just see like City had a fire about them that United could not have matched. Like they they could have played they could have played four halves of football and United won't score, man. Yeah, it was just they were just pathetic. They were pathetic. Um, they're having all kinds of issues around the club right now. Apparently, now this week it's come out and it's some big thing that uh. Um, some of the players are actually wearing uh, replica jerseys because apparently the ones issued to them by Adidas are too tight. Which I mean, this this never would happen at Arsenal under Arsene Wenger, no. where there was no such thing as too tight of a jersey. Um, Not at all. I mean, Olivier Olivier Giroud was basically wearing like a child's small every time he played just to show off. Every rippling muscle in his body, uh, but yeah, I mean, so that's it's just like, and I mean, that's that's kind of something you giggle at, and it's like so united. But the thing is, it's like it's just another distraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's something else that has them in the news for something other than their football, which honestly might not be bad for them because their football is just completely terrible right now. Um. You know, it has been this season thus far has just been one thing after another. Um, the whole Jaden Sancho saga has been going on. Um, you know, for a, another season, the 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 old player pundits are just screaming about how oh, it used to be so much better. Oh, you know, when we were there, it's like, yeah, dude, we get it. Y'all were borderline the best team in the world for like fifteen years. They're not that. Everybody gets it. They're not as good as you were. Congratulations. But Pat's all around for everyone. Um, now this, the, uh, the, um, the ownership bid that apparently fell through where, they, man, they thought they were about to be the next oil money team. And they're not, which is just magnificent to me. I could not be happier about that. Um, and just on top of it, they're they're just not good. They're not good this yeah. year. Um, they are going to struggle to. I think they're going to struggle to find a European spot when it's all said and done. Um, I, man, you know, a year a year and a half ago when Ten Hag was named the manager, I came out here and told you I was bloody terrified. Yep, same. And I mean. At this point, Ten Hag ain't been nothing special. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, they've been nothing special. Have they had some good runs? Well, sure. I mean, there's too much talent to not have a few good runs. But, um, 
I mean, they're already there's already talk swirling around there of has Tim Hogg worn out his welcome? Is Tim Hogg gonna be on the way out? And that's um that's just the culture of Manchester United right now. I mean, between them and Chelsea, it's kind of like a battle to see like who's the most who's the most fucked, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. every, I mean, every week or every yeah. other week, you know, I've been seeing, you know, David Ornstein's column is leading off this, like asking me anything column is asking, uh, lead off question of is, is, is Ten Hag gone? Is he gone? And he keeps going, no, I'm not, I'm not hearing anything about that. But like, how many weeks can you go with answering the same question before? Like, there's clearly something going on there. You know, I, I watched, you know, the, the, NBC Sports um post game analysis of it. Uh they're they're pretty they're pretty out on Ten Hog. And it is it is kind of crazy how in essentially a year and change he has gone from being the guy to apparently not fit for this job. The the people he has brought in haven't really worked out. His tactics haven't really worked out. Uh it's just it is it is a mess. And again, I picked this team to finish second this year. And, mm. but again, like two weeks in, I was already like throwing that away. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like at this point, I am, I am almost starting to wonder if he makes it through like the holiday period. I, cause I, I don't know anymore. I wonder when we play them, we kind of have a nice, uh, record of uh putting their managers out of their misery let's see we got let's see uh united's up schedule schedules fulham uh copenhagen excuse me uh so, so united does have a pretty soft schedule coming up they have fulham lutton and then everton and then and don't have to worry about the carabao cup anymore so sure. uh speaking of the carabao cup then they play newcastle and then are home against chelsea in december uh, can I get some more of this list, please? Um, or wait, no, they play Newcastle today. Newcastle beat them. No, I'm talking about they play them in the league. They play them in the league. Uh, oh, 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 December. oh, even better. Yes, yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna be playing Newcastle again very shortly. Um, <laughs> let me sh- surely surely this will tell me when when do when do they okay uh, December seventeenth at Anfield. Oh man, that's a beautiful one. And and here here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. Oh lad, that's a beauty. That Tuesday that that is so that is a Sunday match. That Tuesday mm. is the last week of the Champions League group stage when they'll be have just played uh against Bayern Munich and who knows if they will even be out of the Champions League by that point, if they if they fall out of the Champions League that week, and then let's say Liverpool beats them three four nil, I mean it couldn't <laughs> possibly be seven nil. Oh wait, <laughs> we already did that. <laughs> but like, I I'm seeing the world. I'm I'm doing I'm doing the Doctor Strange thing and sitting cross legged and going through all the universes and. I'm seeing worlds where that's the end of Ten Hog. Like, I don't, I don't know. There is no fan base that would enjoy singing. You're getting sacked in the morning more than Liverpool. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's um, 
it's getting tenuous there. Yeah. It is definitely, you know, the heat is on. And it seems to be harder and harder to get a tune out of this United squad right now. And you wonder, well, once again, you look at the whole Jaden Sancho situation and you kind of wonder, I mean, are they, has he lost the locker room? Is he losing the locker room? And, you know, I know we all kind of shit on Ronaldo at the time because if, if there's one thing we like more than shit on United, it might be shitting on Ronaldo. Um, oh, Chris. Maybe, maybe he wasn't all wrong. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe looking, he, sh- he shouldn't have done it. It was a, it was a shitty, self-centered, selfish thing to do. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Well, that's Ronaldo. But, <laughs> that's true. But maybe what he said wasn't quite wrong. Maybe so. Well, it, well it's kind of like a, I mean, it's kind of like the Dabo Swinney situation. It wasn't <laughs> all false. It wasn't <laughs> that it was false. It's just that you said it out loud. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Oh, I have thoroughly enjoyed the Dabo situation. Not <laughs> to change this to a Clemson talk, but um, sure. we, boy, you want to talk about. You want to talk about a guy who's like living in this air of complete fucking delusion around him? Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, Clemson head coach Dabo Swinney. <laughs> wow. That's it. What he said may not have been false. He stated some really factual things there. True. But you know, Ed, my 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 pap, my my pap Pete Bradshaw, my father. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ed, I did not listen to him very much growing up. I'm, uh-huh. I'm kind of an asshole of a child, as we know. Um, but, Ed, there was one thing that I took away from him in life, and I will remember it till the day I die. And, Ed, that is, son, it's not always what you say, but it's how you say it. And I think that was a big thing at the time for Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a big thing right now for Dabo. <laughs> um, but, I mean, United, like he said, man, Ronaldo, hey, he might have been an asshole, but he wasn't a wrong asshole, maybe. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, man, here we go. Here we go down the stretch. And how much longer does Tim Hogg have? I am loving the idea of a December 18th of Tin Hog getting to spend Christmas and Boxing Day with the kids and the missus. So after Liverpool we, put him down. <laughs> and we don't we don't have to spend uh, too long into this because, you know, even though we do really enjoy dancing on, on Liverpool or sorry on uh, United's grave, as long as they as long as they're in this position, we're gonna stomp on them. Um yeah. I guess the question is. I, I mean, if if results continue in this way, should United replace Ten Hag? Because that's that's yet another managerial change for this organization. It's it's another time of starting over of having to then get again go back in the transfer market, get different players to suit a different coach and his philosophy. Like, at at what point do United just kind of have to say, no, this is our guy? Like. That that to me, and like I don't I don't disagree. Like 
Ten Nog is not doing well. But I, I just have to feel at some point United just have to say, no, this is our guy. And we we're just going to have to let him ride this out and figure it out until we are like 17th and Everton, I guess. I, I don't I don't know. That's that's what keeps oh. rattling around in my head. Ed, stop. I can only become so erect. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, to me in that situation, it comes it it. it I think it always comes down to does he still have the locker room? Okay. Yeah. And I say that for the simple fact that, you know, unless you have a manager where you are a thousand percent committed and you're going to give that guy full autonomy and be like, look, we know it's going to be a few years of you having to turn over this roster. We're a hundred percent behind you. You know, just, just make sure we stay up. And, you know, things are going to be okay. Like, and not to, not to make this a, a pro-Klopp Liverpool talk, but, you know, when Jurgen Klopp came into Liverpool, I think Jurgen Klopp knew, and he had, he had a lot of backing from ownership. It was like, all right, look, we're going to give you, we're going to give you some rope here because we understand that you probably, <clears throat> excuse me, are not going to be able to turn this around in one day. We understand there's going to be guys who need to leave. You're going to need to bring in guys. We get it, and we're willing to stand behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, in Klopp's defense, he came in and immediately took that team to the Europa final. Um, he took them to, I believe, the Carabao Cup final that year as well. Mm-hmm. Um but even over the next few seasons, there were some growing pains with Liverpool. But the thing is, you could always see, you always felt like, okay, management and ownership are on the same page here. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, for all the warts that, um, you know, people feel that uh, FSG and John Henry and Tom Werner and that group have, they, you know, that, now, now not to say Klopp got every single player he asked for. Because he didn't. If he did, this team would look a lot different. Mo Salah probably would not have ended up on Merseyside. Um, <laughs> if Klopp had gotten choice number one, he wanted um, oh, who the hell was the German? Uh, Julian Brandt, I think, was his first choice actually. And um, yeah, I think Mo Salah is a little better now than Julian Brandt, but you know, <laughs> um, but. The entire time they supported him and they never wavered. You always knew, okay, Liverpool have Klopp's back. It's going to have to be something cataclysmic for them to even think about it. And even like there have been a couple of shit seasons here where it's like, oh, God, this is shit. It's never been, oh, are they going to fire Jurgen Klopp? No, because you feel he has the full backing of everyone. At United, if they really think Ten Hag is absolutely the man, they need to let Ten Hag work to clean out that team and bring in his own guys. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do that because United do not have that symmetry down the line that the really top clubs have. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Pep Guardiola... There is uh, there is symmetry from top all the way down through Pip. At Liverpool, there's symmetry from top all the way down through Jurgen Klopp. Uh, even at Real Madrid right now, um, and Real Madrid has been one of those jobs over the years. Like holy shit, hold on. There is symmetry from the top down through um, Carlo Ancelotti. 
at Barcelona. Now Barcelona do some weird shit and I don't know how they afford it, but, um, <laughs> but you know, there's, there's still that symmetry going down to shabby. You know, he, he still has a lot of say in what happens there at United. There are way too many, uh, chiefs in the tribe, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, whatever metaphor you want to use. Um, and ever since Alex Ferguson, they have not wanted to give that kind of power back to any sort of a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet they, they've never gone out and gotten the, you know, the guy who can, you know, kind of like the general manager, like we call him in the United States. They've never gone out and really gotten that guy. It's always just been like this mismatch of, you know, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, that's just where United continue right now. And I mean, if they go through Erickson Hogg, I mean, you just take a look at some of the names that they that they've burned through. I mean, when you go all the way back to um, Louis Van Hall, who was a, a very accomplished manager, um, obviously Josie Mourinho is, has hey, he's literally the only guy who's won it all. Mm-hmm. As he likes to point out, because now he's won Europa Conference. <laughs> yeah. I have what it's done. No one else has done what Josie has done. Yeah, we know. Um, you know, uh, I mean, they've had some good managers. They've had some head scratchers, you know, like David Boys and um, uh, 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 Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, oh, God, Ranyuk. Jesus, I've forgotten about Ranyuk yeah. almost. <laughs> and I mean, but here, Tim Hogg is a guy who, you know, Ten Hag was seen as, you know, one of the better young managers in the world, um, this tactical genius. And United have not, not to say they haven't backed him because he has spent money, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he's gotten really all the players he wanted or if it's just been more like United's like, eh, we'll give you a few, but then we're going to buy these guys that we like because our 748-man scouting team says, oh, yeah, buy this guy. And they just do it randomly. It is a very poorly run organization, but boy, they make a lot of money. They do. So it can't all be bad, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just it is it is really tough right now for United, and I don't know if um, I don't know if Ten Hag is more just treading water there and just hoping to make it, or if there's really a plan on what to do. I I really can't tell you at this point. I don't know. I don't think I anybody does. And I think that's probably the problem. Yeah, I mean, you know, once again, hell, the Glazers are still like looking for somebody else. Somebody just come buy yeah. this damn club from us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're still working on that, and that's not happening. And um apparently they're selling like a quarter of it to some British billionaire, but you know. That's cool. You got a British billionaire, but he's not a nation state. True. You know, um, he doesn't have the oil money. So yeah. these days being bought by a billionaire is just kind of like, oh, well, that's like basic entry into the game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's depressing. Where's your sovereign nation state? Well, so. (laughs) But anyway, um, I was over the weekend, just finish on it. Um, sure. Of course, the, the mighty Liverpool um, doing exactly what they're supposed to do to Nottingham Forest. They get the job done. Uh, big win. Um, 
the game was somewhat overshadowed um, by one of the more bizarre stories. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Luis Diaz's parents on like Saturday were kidnapped yeah. in, in Colombia. Um, his mother was fortunately found very quickly and returned to safety. As of right now, I still don't think they found his father yet. And apparently they were like at the team hotel on Saturday night when all this came through. Um, uh, Lucho, of course, you know, got out of there quickly, um, went back to uh, Columbia with, with members of the club kind of watching out for him. Um, but man, you know, that's something that we should, I mean, we at home are just kind of like, Oh man, wow. Something bad happened. Okay. Well, come on, Liverpool. You better fucking win. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you really sit there and think about it, man, how tough is that on the rest of that team? Because it's like, dude, this is our buddy. You know, this is like our mm -hmm. teammate. This is our brother. And he's going through this shit and we've got to play a game. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you know what else are you going to do? I mean, you, you, you got to play the game. Uh, but Diogo Jota scoring the opener and running over to the sideline and Adrian handing him a number seven, um, uh, Lucho's uh, shirt, number seven. And, and they dedicated it to him. And basically they dedicated the entire game to him. And it was, uh, it was emotional. You know, Liverpool can turn anything emotional now, but I mean, that's, that's pretty damn legit, man. And um, you know, all 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 prayers and hopes, of course, go out to Luis Diaz. Um, <sighs> I mean, it's just uh, it's just it's a bad situation. Hold on, give me two seconds. Um, apparently, they have made some arrests over his father's kidnapping, but I still do not think they have found him yet. No, as far as I know, I'm I'm looking at some of the uh, the updates here. Just in the last 24 hours, uh, his his mother has been seen for the first time since the kidnapping. Um, right. so she is she is well. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm seeing now. The cops are still hunting uh, for for the kidnapped dad. Um, and apparently, they have uh, according to the Sun here, which you know, do what you will with it being the Sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but talking about elite commandos have been drafted in. Uh, to to go through the jungle to try and find uh, the father. So that is that is that is tough. That is so tough. Yeah, and it's like you know, it, it's not even a time now where you're thinking, oh, well, when's it going to be back to play? It's just like, oh man, just whatever you need, however long mm -hmm. you need, dude, you got it. Um, you know, it's one of those, hey man, you do what you got to do. We'll hold down the fort, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, just just a really sad, really tough situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully that will be resolved very quick, fast, in a hurry. Uh, not only because, you know, we want to see Luis Diaz back in his Liverpool shirt and back doing what he loves, but also, you know, just for the safety of his father and of his family. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So we're definitely thinking about uh, Luis Diaz and his family today. So. Um, and, and apparently, okay, just just so I can update, so I said it right. Uh, Diaz is has stayed on Merseyside, um, uh, so he did not go back to Colombia, which probably could have just caused more problems at this point. 
Um, but Liverpool does have staff uh, taking care of the fam- of the player and his family uh, while they're staying in the UK. So, and uh, of course, he did not play in the Bournemouth match right. earlier today. So, right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, something just keep an eye on. But you know, Liverpool did their business, and uh, they they stay working well in the table. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and we'll take a look. At that table now, uh, currently, uh, Tottenham Hotspur still on top with 26 points. Arsenal and City right behind them with 24. Liverpool there as well with 23. Uh, Aston Villa right now at 22 as well. So keep keep maybe an eye on Aston Villa. We've been we've been saying this for a while now. Keep keep that eye on them. Uh, there is then a little bit of a gap at Newcastle and Brighton at 17, and United sitting in eighth at 15. At the bottom, excuse me, of your heart, the relegation zone. It is Bournemouth who sit just outside of it with six points. Lutton right now on five, then Burnley with four, and Sheffield United with one. So still very close for those four teams. Uh, teams like Nottingham Forest and Everton have made a little bit of a, of a separation, but still a very, very long season to go. Um, and that season will continue uh, this upcoming weekend. Um United gets right back onto it this Saturday, 8.30 a.m. Uh, they will be going to Fulham, and we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, at Ooh. 11 a.m., you get your choice of Brentford versus West Ham, Burnley versus Palace, Everton versus Brighton, City versus Bournemouth, and Sheffield United versus Wolves. Then at 1.30, big match on the day, Newcastle versus Arsenal. That is a that is a really big one. Uh, on Sunday at 9 a.m., it's Nottingham Forest versus Villa. And then 11.30, it's Lutton hosting Liverpool. And then at Monday Night Football on NBC, Sports, Peacock, whatever, 3 p.m., Tottenham versus Chelsea. Maurizio Pochettino's first trip back into Tottenham since uh, uh, being sacked as their manager back at the uh in the fall of 2019 uh will be very interesting to see what kind of reception he ends up getting from the fan base there um on quickly to the league cup which is uh just finished the round of 16 uh the results there middlesbrough took care of exeter city 3-2 to advance to the quarterfinals uh port vale beats mansfield town 1-0 uh west ham Beats Arsenal 3-1. Oh. Arsenal out of the cup. West Ham getting the nice bounce back win in the midweek here. Uh, Liverpool uh, gets by Bournemouth 2-1. Chelsea beats Blackburn 2-0. Uh, Everton. Could could we get a Merseyside derby in a cup semifinal? It's, it's looking closer. Mm. Uh, Everton beats <clears throat> Burnley 3-0. Uh, Fulham dispatches Ipswich Town 3-1. And Newcastle destroyed Manchester United 3-0. And I need I need to pull up a tweet that I saw I saw on this one. Um from from someone I really like JJ Bull. We've mentioned him before. He's of course uh a TIFO and athletic uh soccer analyst. Also did the amazing uh Ed Woodward uh animations and songs that we have seen before that are fantastic. Uh, but this was his tweet after the match. He just put it, put it up a picture of Newcastle's lineup and said, so Newcastle with no center backs, four fullbacks, a 75 year old Matt Ritchie, who was never great anyway, plus another youth prospect fullback in midfield and not a single center forward in the starting 11 have beaten Manchester United three nil at Old Trafford. 
yeah that's yeah th- that's the state of that um and i know we just kind of uh, spent like 20 minutes shitting all over united i don't know how much we have to do it again here but i mean oh, that was uh that was not a great job by united and again it's like i know united probably didn't play their full-on a squad although quite a few of them did um Newcastle didn't exactly play their full A squad either, obviously. So, right. well, so so United United out of the the cup and uh, just just continues that on. Uh, real quick, um, before we get to Wes's thoughts, quarterfinal matchups will be uh, Tuesday, December nineteenth. Uh, we'll have Chelsea versus Newcastle, Everton versus Fulham. Liverpool versus West Ham and Port Vale versus Middlesbrough. So we will have at least one non-Premier League team in the semifinals. And that's pretty cool. Um, but Wes, obviously thoughts on the the week that was for the League Cup as well as the the draw going forward. I mean, the League Cup just goes marching on. And um, <clears throat> obviously the big story, Newcastle knocking out United. Um yeah, they just, once again, kind of like we talked about earlier, it, it seemed like from everything we've heard, I didn't watch the match, so I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Newcastle just wanted it more. Newcastle was excited about playing in the League Cup. Um, you know, they want to give those Geordie fans a trophy, which they haven't done since, I believe, 63. I mean, it, it, it might not be the league or the champions league, but man, if, if they can go make a big run in Europa uh, or not Europa, I'm sorry about that. Well, well, no, not Europa. They're still in Europe. Excuse me. Um, if they can make a run yeah, for now, they could be in Europa. If they can make a run in this Carabao cup, <clears throat> I mean, they got to the final of season ago. They might feel, man, let's get back and let's win it. You know, we, we, we know that we can get there. Let's see if we can go and win it. And of course, at this point in the competition, I think if you're in the quarterfinal, mm-hmm. you know you've got to have some belief in you that man, we can uh, we can get this done. You know, not you, Everton, but you know, real teams <laughs> like Port Vale. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's going to be some fun. Uh, results coming up here or some fun matches coming up i should say um really interested to see how that uh that port vale middlesbrough matchup is going to come out just to see who ends up making it to the semifinal because that's going to be really big for either of those teams especially if it ends up being port vale um that would be really big for them to make to a semifinal and then you know chelsea newcastle who knows what kind of state chelsea will be in at that point newcastle like you said looking very strong uh, Everton versus Fulham. I mean, of of the teams Everton could have drawn, Fulham isn't the worst. It's really, yeah. really not the worst. So we'll see. Uh, who knows? Who knows what will happen in this quarterfinal? But we will keep you up to date in about a month and a half after that completes. And then finally, for match talk, uh, Champions League is back next week. Uh, some highlights include on Tuesday, uh, Dortmund versus Newcastle. Uh, and man, uh, and AC Milan versus PSG. Then on mm-hmm. Wednesday, uh, you have Arsenal versus Sevilla, uh, Copenhagen versus United, and uh, Salzburg versus Inter. So those should be some very good matches coming up here in the next week as we hit match week four 
of the Champions League at group stage. Enjoy it, folks, because next year mm-hmm. you're getting the cheese, and that means uh-huh. so. Oh, the Oh, there you go. Um, a little bit of news and notes now. Um, according to Omar Garrick at the Athletic. Premier League has confirmed Christmas and New Year fixtures Chelsea to play Wolves on December 24th. That means for the first time since 1995, uh, the top flight will have a match on Christmas Eve. Um, So that'll be that'll be very interesting. Last time it was uh, Manchester United versus Leeds in uh, 95. Uh, Arsenal will be traveling to Liverpool on December 23rd. uh, And then Manchester United will take on West Ham on the same day. So those are some uh, those are some interesting matchups coming up there, and then of course after that the uh, the scheduling just gets absolutely crazy um, with teams playing basically every day for the next week. So so always always a fun time of year, West. But just uh, just a little interesting that they're uh, that they're going to be playing on on Christmas Eve, but should be should be a fun time. I wonder what could ever make someone decide, hey, let's put a game on Christmas. Oh, yeah, money. <laughs> They're getting paid, bro. That's all it is. They're getting paid. Getting and paid. Um, I tell you what, it's just one of those things, man. I mean, I'm I'm not one of those, oh, money has no place. I'm not one of those. But, I mean, it's like, come on, man. Why? Why are we doing this? I'm going to need you to uh, channel that energy into our next new, into our next story, which is a, a little bit of a bigger deal. Um, this was by Adam Crafton, Matt Slater, and more. Um, Saudi Arabia to host the 2034 World Cup. What does it mean for football? Let me tell you. Let me just give you the TLDR on that. Nothing good. Um, so while Saudi Arabia hasn't technically been voted in as the next uh, World Cup host in 2034, uh, Australia was the only other nation uh, that had put in a bid and uh, they have since uh, bowed out of the bidding. So it's literally just Saudi Arabia going for it. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny, kind of depressing how. I don't remember how many weeks ago it was. We were talking about the uh, the 2030 World Cup that's going to be part in uh, split between Portugal, Spain, and Morocco. But also, the first three matches are going to take place in Colombia, uh, Argentina, and uh, Paraguay. I believe Paraguay. Um, which- Somewhere down there. Yeah, somewhere down there, which, uh, you know, I, I mentioned that I had seen a comment that was like, man, this is really weird to do, though, like to split up amongst this many countries. Uh, and like they tried to justify it. Oh, well, you know, the it's the hundredth year celebration of the first World Cup down in South America. So we wanted them to be included. But, you know, we couldn't they couldn't bring up enough stadiums and all that, all that good stuff. And then the, someone in the comments was like, no. It's so they can knock out South America, Europe, and Africa all in one World Cup, which mm-hmm. means that the next one after that, because North America will just have had theirs, the only regions that can host 2034 are Asia and Oceania. So that's why it was only Saudi Arabia and Australia putting up a bid. And gee, 
who would you think was gonna win that that rut runoff? So it's and it's already been talked about. Probably gonna be another Winter World Cup. Yay! Uh, I like a lot of the comments saying bold of people to assume Saudi Arabia is still going to be habitable in 2034. I like that one. Um, but yeah, the 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 sports washing of Saudi Arabia and the rest of the Middle East continues on. And Wes, I, I hope you enjoyed Qatar's World Cup because we're we're just we're getting another edition in 2034. Yay! Yeah, you know, suddenly FIFA has this uh, this mandate in place that you know that. From henceforth, uh, they're going to be uh, doling out the World Cup bids uh, by by continent, mm-hmm. or I guess by by region or whatever. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> you know that'll be so. This one it had to be either Oceania. It had to be basically in Oceania, mm-hmm. um, and it just so happened that really the only country in Oceania equipped to handle this was like, oh no, we don't want it. It's cool. Oh, we lost. Darn. Yeah, um, man, I have no idea where we're going to be in 2034. I mean, literally 10 years from now. Um, man, somebody has got to change something at FIFA. I mean, it's just it's just flat out blatant now. And that's the thing. It's just blatant. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, thank you for my goodie bag. Um. This just completely, completely insane to me. Um, but yeah, that's 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 where we stand now. Um, seems the Middle East is getting their hands deeper and deeper into FIFA. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're uh, they're gonna have a World Cup. Right there, yeah, right there in their own place in in Saudi Arabia, that world hotbed of football, yeah. uh, with an unmatched history. And you know, England invented the game, have hosted the tournament once, and it was in 1966. But man, glad glad the Middle East is getting like two out of three. It is crazy. To think about um i i do want to correct myself i believe i said colombia would be one of the south american sites uh in 2030 it was it's uruguay not colombia uruguay, um, i think you said paraguay no no paraguay is the other one actually uh oh okay so it's Ur- uruguay and argentina because they hosted like the first ones and then right. paraguay is because apparently that's where conmebol has their offices mm-hmm sure um sure whatever sure um also as as people have been noting um we now know the next three uh men's world cups uh we don't know the next women's world cup yet just well i'll tell you i'll tell you where it probably won't be (laughs) yeah oh man um yeah what a a freaking joke it is it's really bad (laughs) I, I I don't I don't I don't know what's gonna happen, but hey, good good for good for FIFA. I'm sure they're getting getting their money's worth quite quite literally. So mm-hmm. good for them. Um, lastly, a little more FIFA talk, maybe slightly better FIFA talk. This by Luke Bosher and Kate Berlaga. Uh, Lionel Messi and Aitana Bonmati claim the top prizes at 2023 Balloon d'Or. 
those are your two winners on the men's and women's side, respectively. Uh, we all know who Lionel Messi is. Uh, Bonmati, 25, had an outstanding year for club and country, winning the 2022-23 Liga F and Champions League with Barcelona, as well as, of course, the 2023 World Cup with Spain. Uh, on the men's side, uh, Aland and Mbappe finished second and third in the voting. Uh, Sam Kerr and Selma Paraluelo, uh, excuse me, finished second and third on the women's side. Uh, Jude Bellingham was named, uh, won the Copa Trophy, which is the award for the best under-21 player because, well, yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Lionel Messi, of course, had a great World Cup last year. Didn't do a ton with PSG. And yes, he's had a good run at Inter-Miami, but it's it's MLS. So I, I don't know. He's He's the greatest player of all time, probably, but I don't necessarily know that he should have won this award um and also i've i've i saw multiple articles on the athletic um saying what does it mean that inter miami's Lionel messi has won the balloon door and it's like no don't don't you don't you try to co-op this mls yeah. this was not yours <laughs> this was never yours don't don't do that that's that's bullshit don't 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 and and do you know in the last 10 years uh, England zero Ballon d'Or winners, <laughs> MLS won. Stupidly true. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And and by the way, just to throw out my Ballon d'Or thoughts, um, I'm just gonna use a couple of my guys for example for examples of this. Um, <clears throat> the year Mo Salah came to Liverpool, he scored. 45 goals was nearly the top goal scorer in Europe. Um, <clears throat> didn't win the Ballon d'Or. Messi won it because um, it wasn't all about scoring goals. It's about winning trophies. Okay. Well, two years later, um, or a year later, two years, I can't remember my years. Uh, Virgil van Dijk finished second in the league. Uh, or in the Ballon d'Or? No, okay, it was it was like the next year, um, couple years, whatever, whatever. I'm trying to say, uh, Mo Salah scored like 30 goals. Virgil finished second. Messi won the Ballon d'Or, uh, even though um, Mo won all the trophies that year. But they said, well, it's not just about winning; you have to have the numbers. So, um, you know. No, what you have to have is basically just however um, Lake Keeper, whoever the hell does the Ballon d'Or, just uh, however they decide they want it. Yeah, yeah. However they decide they just want to give it to a uh, to a Barcelona or Real Madrid player. That's really all you have to worry about. Um, oh, I remember the other one was uh, Virgil van Dijk in 2019, you know, I uh, finished second in the Ballon d'Or and just had like maybe the greatest defensive season anybody's ever seen. And they're like, well, I mean, once again, you know, he didn't score any goals really. You know, this is a goal scorers kind of award. And then a few years later, Luka Modric wins it. And they're like, oh, well, just look at how well he led his team. So it's like, uh-huh. Oh, but anyway, I mean, the Ballon d'Or is basically the most overhyped piece of shit trophy on earth at this point. 
Yeah. Like really right now, the only people who care about it are the Messi stands and the Ronaldo stands because then they can scream at each other from thousands of miles away about their guy having more Ballon d'Ors. So. Whatever. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, for me, Mo Salah can just keep scoring goals and dishing out assists and finish eighth. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're never going to give it to Mo Salah, whatever he does, so it doesn't matter anymore anyway. Don't worry. He'll he'll win the World <clears throat> Cup in 2034. And they'll say, yeah, but it was it was in a winter World Cup. It, does that really count? Like, yeah, and, and oh, and his club team only finished second. Yeah. How pathetic. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. What does that say, though, about Inter-Miami, where they have a Ballon d'Or winner and can't even make the fucking MLS playoffs? Mm. Oh, really? Hmm. Well, I mean, the one pass I'll give them is they were massively out of the playoffs already when he got there. That's, that is true. That's, I that's mean, true. they were dead last. And like, it, I mean, that it was said like in December, like it's going to take a fucking miracle for this team to get in. Yeah. And granted, they almost did. <laughs> I mean, they actually got pretty close. But um, yeah, I mean, so now the fact that you can lead an MLS team to almost make the playoffs. Well, that's what the husband vote's really looking for. I mean, I mean, you know, Mo Salah hadn't done that. It's true. He's no, he's never balled out at Georgia, so he hasn't even been in MLS. <laughs> oh man! All right, that's that's gonna do it for news and notes. Uh, let's pimp the athletic, though, Wes. Uh, what what have you been uh, reading in the good old athletic this week? Yeah, we've got some. Uh... We've got some nice stories this week, a nice little mix of stories. Um, <clears throat> of course, there is a uh, there is a story about the kidnapping of Luis Diaz family. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. We've already kind of gotten into that, but there is a story about that out there. Uh, James Pierce, Jacob Whitehead, uh, more contributed on that. Um, golly, I've got to cut this down, but I'm going to hit a few real quick. We we mentioned it earlier, actually, in, in our Manchester United talk. Uh, Laurie Whitwell, last week, uh, of course, the day after we posted last week, inside Jaden Sancho's Manchester United exile, Tin Hag Row, apology standoff, and exit plan. Folks, they paid a lot of money and are paying this young man a whole hell of a lot of money for him to not play. Yep, and it looks like they're going to have to spend a hell of a lot money of money just to get him out of the club, because ain't nobody taking on those wages and paying them. So it sounds like United are going to be, um, you know, subsidizing a big chunk of his wages wherever he goes. So, uh, yeah, fuck you, United. That's your problem. <laughs> um. All right, a couple more. Uh, my boy Manny Navarro down in Miami. Where is Miami's turnover chain? It's a mystery Mario Cristobal doesn't want solved. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first things Mario Cristobal did when he came to Miami was like, look, this thing's ridiculous. We're getting rid of this bullshit. You know, <laughs> um, just go be t- I love Mario. Just go be tough. And nothing's really tough about the turnover chain. 
Uh, this is a, there's a, a series going on um, about exploring college sports mysteries, and uh, this is um, this is one of the big ones. The big mysteries is where is the turnover chain? Um, I got two more. I'm gonna hit this one just super fast. Okay. Uh, kind of just a, just a quick look at where do prospects like Marcelo Mayer and Kyle Teal stand as the Red Sox enter a new era. And of course, the Red Sox. I don't believe we said. I don't believe when we did last week they had hired Craig Breslow yet. No. Um, I believe they now have hired Craig Breslow. He's not the GM. What is he? The president of baseball operations or whatever. Yes, he's essentially like the GM. Uh, yeah. He's taking over. For yeah, Kevin. I mean, for yeah, he's basically. Yeah, I mean, he's basically running the team. What? Yeah, everybody he used to be a general manager. Now, sometimes you get to be a general manager. Sometimes you get a real, real, real fancy title. And boy, the Red Sox love their fancy titles for these guys. So, um, you know, good for him. But, uh, you know, just, just a little catch up with a couple of big name prospects uh, for the Red Sox. And I know, Ed, we're, we are excited about both Kyle Teal and Marcelo Mayer. Uh, hopefully, in the next couple of years, uh, contributing, hopefully, to a rebuild of the Red Sox organization at this point. And my last but not least story, and it's a, it's a Liverpool story. Oh, by golly. Liverpool lost out on Mason Mount and ended up with one of Europe's best midfields. Um, Mason Mount came into the match the other night during the Premier League game, and people were just like, oh, my God, look at him. Just, oh, just look at him out there. Um I believe Roger Bennett would have described his pace as a mix between chirundling and delowing. I mean, just look completely off the pace, completely uninterested. And it's one of those things where Liverpool were prepared to, they they really wanted Mason Mount. Now that's the thing, Jurgen Klopp, we talked about, you know, Klopp doesn't always get his first choice. He really wanted Mason Mount. But that said, Liverpool valued him at about 40 million pounds of the year left on his contract. And United, of course, went out and, like, added a third onto that. (laughs) I mean, just totally blew Liverpool's bid out of the water for him. There was never a formal bid, but you know know how it works. Uh, So United get him. He's now kind of a United malcontent, which who isn't a United malcontent at this point? So Liverpool had to, quote, unquote, settle – for Dominic Sabazlai, who is, um, you know, I believe like 10 matches into his Liverpool career has already been hailed as the new Gerard, and just seems to be eating it up whenever he's out there with it. So, um, hey, yeah, yeah, man. I think Liverpool ended up um, in a better spot than the current Mason Mount would have offered them. Um, Probably a little revisionist history. A little revisionist history, always fun, as we know. <laughs> and that does it for me. All right. And by the way, that that might be doing it for the Diamondbacks. They just gave up four runs in the top of the ninth, so they're down five Whoa, going squinchy. into the bottom of the ninth. Oh, three outs Ooh. from Texas Destiny, and no one gives a oh, shit. My. All right. Um, my my uh. My two stories for the week. Uh, one, staying in baseball. This was by Evan Drellich, Dennis Lynn, and Ken Rosenthal, and literally came out five hours ago. 
uh, Padres recently took out a $50 million loan to help cover the payroll. That's not something you want to hear your team doing. Um, the MLB teams commonly tap into lines of credit to pay their bills, um, but other officials briefed <laughs> on the team's finances who were not authorized to speak publicly viewed the Padres situation as worrisome. Quote, the Padres organization continues to have access to all the resources, financial and otherwise, it needs to field a championship caliber team for the fans of San Diego, Padres CEO Eric Gripner said in a statement. Uh, we established a capital plan for 2023 with our ownership group and lender partners and are operating our business in accordance with that plan. And I guess part of that plan was taking out a $50 million loan. Oh, boy. Um, interesting that... Um, it also came out recently that the Padres were looking to cut, oh, I don't know, about $50 million going into next year. Interesting how that works out. Um, which the the only thing that kind of sucks about this whole Padres team, and man, has it been funny to laugh at them. It has been <laughs> so great to laugh at this Padres team. Don't get me wrong. The sucky part about this is that every team can now look at this, and especially with Arizona making the, the World Series and going, oh, yeah, spending money is stupid. Let's not do that. Let's, let's keep not spending money. That's great. Let's keep doing that instead. So that's, that's obviously the wrong lesson to take here. The Padres were just really bad at it and find actual pieces that would fit together on their team, but they did. They tried. Give them credit. They did try. So but boy, they did really good in fantasy baseball, didn't they? They really did. Juan Soto oh, still going to the Hall of Fame, Tim, right, guys? Um, right. He's got to be a Yankee. <laughs> oh, no. And then uh, my other story, this by Dana O'Neill coming out yesterday. Um, surprise changes to NIT basketball format. Anger League commissioners quote that's just wrong um so there was a couple weeks ago we talked about that uh that shitty fox sports tournament that's gonna take like the the quote-unquote best teams from the power six conferences that don't make uh the ncaa tournament and gonna take them to las vegas and have a postseason tournament and then the nit was like oh uh well i guess we, we have to do something and so essentially one of the big things they've done is they have taken away the automatic bids for teams who win their conference and do not make the NCAA tournament. And that was generally a way for teams in smaller conferences who win their league regular season, but, you know, get upset at some point in their conference tournament, which is always a crapshoot. Still a good chance of playing like in a decent postseason tournament. This was great for the kids, great for the schools. They would get to almost always they would be a high seed so they'd get to host at least one game in the nit since the home uh the nit host uh has schools host games until like the semifinals so that would be great mm -hmm. but no that's that's going away no more no more automatic <laughs> bids instead uh it's now um all those automatic bids are going to the power six teams with the top net rankings who don't make the ncaa tournament and I, I think there is a crucial line in this article uh, as now Texas is one out away from winning the World Series. Um, there is a crucial line that no matter what the NCAA tells you, everyone, understand that this is nothing but a naked money grab and, <laughs> and, and fear 
of what Fox Sports and ESPN could do to college basketball. Because it's this one line. If you take no nothing else from this article, take this one line. And it's this. And I quote, <laughs> the women's NIT is not affected by these changes. So whatever reason, if, if the NCAA wants to come out or the NIT wants to come out and talk about competitive balance or, or fairness or getting better, anything, it doesn't matter. Whatever they say is bullshit because if they actually would believe that they would have done it for the women's tournament too. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. So Mm-mm. just, just think about that before, before when you, when you're processing what the NIT is going to tell you, I just understand. And, and again, like it, any, Dana O'Neill does a great write up here. The almost every uh, conference commissioner, almost every school president was not told this was going to happen. And because the NIT is not technically part of the NCAA, the, and they, there's nothing they had to like ratify. They didn't have to send this to committees and be debated and everything. They just could make the decision and, and just go with it whenever they felt like it. So, Ah, college basketball is fucked. College basketball <clears throat> is fucked. So enjoy uh, that. Uh, enjoy that, everyone. Uh, just remember, <laughs> you can't tell a player because of the transfer portal and the fact that most of them are one and does that. But that doesn't really uh, roll off the tongue as much as without a program. Uh, speaking of without a program... Uh, the oh. Texas Rangers oh. have just won the World Series. Um, so I do want to say a quick thing. Um, uh, the MLB's game Good day page has this new thing in beta, apparently, where they actually have a little window on the page. And uh, they actually, I guess, are tracking in almost real time where every player is on the field and where the ball is. So you can actually see like people moving around in the shift, people running the bases, uh, all that sort of thing. So all of a sudden I just saw like every position player on the field, like converge onto the mound. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's the game. I guess the game is over. So kind of kind of a neat little thing there to make up for what I'm sure will be the least viewed and worst World Series. I'm just glad you were keeping me informed on who actually won. Oh yeah, because what would you do if great to not be able to watch it? I mean, great. It doesn't sound like you missed much. No, no, it's just the coronation of the Texas Rangers. Like it feels like if the only game you missed is game one, that's that's how it feels. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but (laughs) that's that's kind of what it feels like. Uh, because I mean every every other game like. Arizona won game two, nine to one. Uh, Texas won game three, three to one, but they only scored in two separate innings. Then there was the 11 7 game, which was like 11 to one for large stretches. And then today was five nothing. So it was just what a shit World Series. What a shit World Series. Yeah. Yeah. But once again, man, hey, complete and utter congratulations to the Texas Rangers organization. Uh, long time coming. They've been close a few times, um, but they and they are no longer the trivia question. Yeah, no they are no longer the trivia question as the oldest MLB franchise without a World Series. Yeah, 
I believe so. This so, I believe leaves. If I if I'm correct here, I believe this leaves Seattle, Colorado, uh, San Diego, San Diego. Um, that's correct. Um, uh, uh, Tampa. Tampa has Milwaukee won one. I feel like they have. They were in one in the late. 70s, early 80s. Wasn't Robin Yelp like an MVP or something? Brewers World Series wins. Let's see. Um, okay, so let's see. Hey, this this article from CBS. Only five teams remain on the list. Um, okay, Nate. so the Brewers is actually one of them. Um, they, they went there in 82. Um, and that was their only World Series. And then, yeah, the Padres, Mariners, right. Rockies, and Rays. So that's it. These are the last five teams. Well, yeah. So yes, we will. Uh, we'll see. We'll see who the next one will be. Um, you know, some good good organizations there, but uh, just organizations haven't been able to get it done. Yeah, Tampa. It could have been you. It could have been you in the COVID year. And we don't worry, Tampa. We would have counted yours if you had won it in the COVID year. We would have. Oh yeah, it. we would have totally counted. Basically, everyone except Houston or LA gets it counted. Absolutely. Um, all right, with that, <laughs> let's let's wrap up with the watch for Wes. What you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Ed, you are gonna love it. We have picked up season two of Shorzy. Okay. And it is gorgeous. Have you finished it? No, we've watched the first four. Okay, I've watched the first five. Okay, okay, okay. So you're through five. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we watched three and four tonight before going on the air. Okay. Um, but I'm quite sure it will be finished. Most Ricky Tick. It would have been finished tonight if we hadn't had the podcast. So. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, thus far, we are fans of season two of Shorzy. I so this this can be my watch for too then. Um I oh really enjoyed it. I watched I think I watched three episodes one night and then two the next. Um uh, I will say, um, and I don't necessarily mean this in a bad way, but there is a gratuitous amount of T of ca- basic cable TNA in this yes, season. Yes, there is. I was <laughs> every episode it's just there and like there is a plot reason for it but it's like oh yeah who knew there were this many attractive women in Sudbury Um, oh they're just uh, an inordinate amount of attractive women in Sudbury we learned that in season one (laughs) crazy um yeah that from Jay on Raw Jay on Ray god Oh, Jay making Jay making a nice comeback this year. Gotta, gotta oh, love that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, some of the best chirps. Um, him, oh. him giving it as the referee to the to the two shit kids is just oh, great. Yeah. Um, and oh, so you so if you saw the end of season or episode four, then yeah, you uh-huh. saw him uh, just absolutely cross checking a dude. Yes. Yes. That is where we're going to pick up an episode five. Apparently that is his, um, the episode where he gets his comeuppance from the league or whatever happens. So 
Yes. I'm looking forward to it. I, I have giggled and giggled and giggled my ass off this far in this season. So it has been a very, very hilarious season. The writing is pitch perfect. Um, probably some of the best that this this team has done. Um, yeah, it's been so good. I am. Yeah, my wife. My wife makes a very interesting point that um, Jared Kiso is so damn good because you can look at him as Shorzy and you don't even think of Wayne for like a second. Yeah. Yeah, actually. It's like this dude is legitimately just embodies two entire different characters mm-hmm. in the same universe. <laughs> he plays two mm-hmm. characters in the same universe. And it's like, you don't think about him being the other one at all. When you see him play that character. Yep. My God, he's magnificent. What a, what a, what actually a great actor Jared Kiso is. Yeah, great actor, and I I believe he's also a writer uh, along with. Yeah, I think um, he's one of the main writers. What's his name? Um, God, is it uh, Daryl? Uh, not Daryl. Um, or Dan? The, the other no the 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 preacher guy. Oh God, why am I? Oh 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 God, yeah. Um. Oh God, he's like he's like my fucking favorite dude on the entire show. Oh my God, why am I? Why, why am I? I wanna am... be close to God, Pastor Glenn. That's right. And why, <laughs> Pastor Glenn? <laughs> Pastor Glenn, who is also an announcer in uh, yeah, in yeah, that's what say, Jacob Tierney. Yeah. Uh, oh he, my he, God, he's so wonderful. Wig, an absolutely terrible wig. Oh, a terrible wig, a terrible French Canadian accent, <laughs> a horrible, um, a horrible grasp of the French language. It is <laughs> magnificent, and, and of course, uh, his his other announcer is the great Noah Dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I, I also like known him doing as the American names. <laughs> yes, also known as uh, J Rock from the uh, uh, the Trailer Park Boys. Oh man. Oh man, yeah, we 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 have really enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun as a uh, as a series. It's one of those things, man. It's just like uh, it's just like Letterkenny when it comes out. You get so excited, it's like oh, it's like six episodes and we're done. It's like shit, shit. It's drive by comedy. Yeah. Yep. But uh, anyway, man, that was that was ours of the week. Um, yeah, man, that was the big one. That was am, the big one, bro. I am very interested to see what happens in episode six, based oh, on uh, based on imagine. episode five. So we'll see. Oh. We'll see. It's, it's gonna be well. I hope. I hope in twenty four hours I will have it done. So right. there we go. Um, yes. But that will do it for episode 480 of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks, of course, to our podcast providers, including podcasters for Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter as a collective. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at West Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward Green. Um, yeah, so we'll be back next week for episode 481. I'll be doing more. Excuse me, geez. We'll be doing more Premier League talk. We'll, of course, be talking about the Champions League. United will probably have done something else really stupid by then, so that'll be fun to hammer on as well. Uh, and it'll just be, we'll have another fun week, and maybe we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, how Shorzy ends. 
uh, next week, Shorzy season two. Uh, but before we get out of here, Wes, anything else you want to add? Um, we have, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, on the day of this show being uh, recorded, uh, an absolute giant in his field um, has, has passed on from this world, Ed. And that is on the college basketball court, 83 years old. The General Robert Montgomery Knight, a.k.a. Bob Knight, uh, the legendary two-time national champion coach, uh, obviously most well-known as the head coach of Indiana, uh, also was the head coach at um, West Point and also Texas Tech. Uh, coached some guy at West Point who turned out to be a pretty good coach himself. Some mm-hmm. some Polish kid. Some Polish kid. Anyway, um, yeah. But uh, uh, Bobby Knight passing away at the age of 83. Um, I mean, nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, he was an 83-year-old man. Mm-hmm. It happens. <laughs> um, but uh, Bobby Knight leaves behind a, a very um, – interesting legacy how about we'll put it that way yeah a very interesting legacy um obviously as a basketball coach one of the all-time greats um had the last undefeated season in ncaa history uh with i believe it was the 76 hoosiers um just a just a fabulous fabulous basketball team um turn around wanted to get an 86 uh, actually, God, actually won it three times. Excuse me, uh, I, 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 I shorted him one. Uh, beat UNC in '81, uh, the year before Michael Jordan hit the shot. Um, the Tar Heels lost the national title game to Bob Knight's Indiana. That was the Isaiah Thomas team. Um, and and uh, then in 1987, uh, the Steve Alford team uh, famously won his third national championship. Um, was the dude an asshole? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was. Uh, but man, he you could not argue with the success. You could not argue with how damn good he was. Um, and uh, the general uh, passes away, as we said, at 83. And, and of course, Ed, you know, you, uh, you, 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 can't say, you can't say goodbye to Bobby Knight. Uh, without uttering his his famous quote uh, when he spoke to the Indiana fans in March of 1994. He said, uh, when my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want them to bury me upside down so my critics can kiss my ass. One of the all-time great quotes, if you ask me. (laughs) I mean, Bobby Knight was, he had some, he had, my God, all I can say, man, Bobby Knight would have been canceled so fast in today's culture. I mean, my God, the infamous, the infamous, um, the infamous uh, talk he, he, that he told the female Indiana students uh, when he was doing the, you know, he had to teach a class every year and he would teach, it was like a freshman not quite like an orientation class, but it was sort of like that. It's like, it was like every freshman went through this class with Bobby Knight that he taught. And he just made this horrible, horrible, controversial statement about, um, 
about uh about well to say the word uh, about about rape that mm. that the, even back then people were like Jesus Christ did you just say that out loud I mean nowadays you would have never heard from Bob Knight again after that um but anyway uh the man definitely had his flaws but as far as a uh, as a leader of men um they had that big military background uh he was he was a great leader uh he did mold uh and was extremely important in the lives of a lot of uh, a lot of people who went on to do a lot of really good things so um uh gone at 83 uh, whatever legacy you choose to remember uh bobby knight nc uh three-time national champion basketball coach absolutely so on that note, that will do it for this episode of the Foreign Affair Podcast. For my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And until next time, stay safe and enjoy the football. Good night, Everton. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Soak it in. Two wins in a week. Oh. Let's see if that 12-point uh, deduction comes. To just take your shot. Take the win now. Just say it. Oh, so guess where 